0: This is the Liberator Podcast from Giant Worldwide. Welcome to Advanced Base Camp. Welcome to the Liberator Podcast. My name is Jeremy Kubitschek. I'm here with Steve Cochran for episode 21. Steve, what's happening in your world? Oh,
1: Jeremy, good to hear from you, my friend. It's... um Well, a little check-in from London. Spring has arrived. We've had the barbecue out for the first time. That's a grill, if you speak on the other side of the world, or a braai if you're from South Africa. So that's always a big moment in our kind of transition of the seasons when the barbecue comes out. So there we go. We're officially now in the springtime in sunny London.
0: Is it about three weeks, though, that the barbecue comes out? Like.
1: No, no, no. Once it's out, we grill all summer, no matter how cold it gets or how much rain comes down, and all the things that go on. So that's now officially part of my uh, grilled cooking regimen.
0: I will say I miss uh, English summers because they were really, really amazing from my perspective. Perfect temperature-wise, and and uh, yeah. the ones that I was there with were outstanding. So
1: we we were we were away. Um, we went on a little family holiday vacation to a place called Cornwall, which if you've never visited is just incredible. And as only Brits can, we managed to get sunburn in April in 14 degrees because the Cornish sun, there's no, there's no there's no, pollution there. The ozone comes, I think there's nothing there. So I'm still peeling, believe it or not, nice. from my family vacation to Cornwall in a place called Sennon Cove. So there we go. That's what I've been up to. Well, we, you? hopefully, we, hopefully you've been working a bit harder yeah, to pay the bills while well, I've been, well, been sunning myself. While you're
0: always on a holiday, I have to keep working and just making things... Happen? No, I'm joking.
1: But that's the American way, Jeremy. You 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 get depressed if you have too much holiday. Yeah,
0: we have two weeks a year, right? So uh, versus the the European model, which I actually quite like. Um, you know what was interesting, did Steve? You... Last week we did uh, we had the Oklahoma City X Corps, and we hmm. launched the Knoxville, Tennessee X Corps, uh, the Knoxville team, uh, the Giants there. But we we launched, or we had our second retreat at the top of Devon Tower, which is the tallest building in Oklahoma City, about 50 floors. And uh, it was brand new, really, really nice. But we're there during one of the strongest thunderstorms of the year. And we had, and no one else knew it at the time, but I'm tracking, uh, I had someone else speaking in the moment. I'm tracking a tornadic tornadic signature, it said, (laughs) that was coming right towards us. And you could see in the cloud, I mean, it it was ominous. Well, then just the sheet of rain, uh, hit and one of the windows, actually not in our, where we were, but one of the windows in the building uh, was smashed. Like the hail came wow. through and broke one of the one of the windows. So it was a it was an interesting time to do an event at the top of a uh, skyscraper during a strong <laughs> thunderstorm. It was fun.
1: Oklahoma, Oklahoma obviously is the most livable city in America, according to you. But every time I come, there's tornado water. I'll always remember sitting in Lance Humphrey's house and we're watching on the on the TV and you can watch this tornado going down the roads. And they're like, uh, if you live in this road, now's the time for you to go to the tornado basement or whatever it is. And I'm like, going, that's like three roads to our right. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, it's fine, it's not going down our road. Yeah, I'm no, like, you're but joking. Yeah. If that had been Britain, the, the whole city would have come to a standstill, I'm sure. So.
0: <laughs> <There> we <go. laughs> well, today we've got a good good topic for all of you listeners. We hope you like our banter as we go back and forth in the American-British uh, views of the world. And uh, I know we have a lot we could talk about, but we are going to jump right into the concept of um, investing in your team. We're going to share with you five ideas for investing in in your people and when you think of investing uh, then the first thought is you have to think about your people are they an asset or are they a liability and our view at giant is that people are an asset your people um, are could be an asset if you treat them that way or they're a liability if you're treating, treating that way historically so to think about an asset the more that you invest the more value that it brings to the organization and if you invest correctly, then there's there's an upside. There's a way that uh, your employees could could serve customers, could grow um, teams, could build the culture. And so for us at Giant, we focus on raising up a different style of leader. And that's why we call this the Liberator Podcast. We we call them, uh, a Liberator fights for the highest possible good of those that they lead. So, Steve, let's let's start with um, our first one. We've got five, so um, let's talk through a little bit about what does it look like to create an empowerment culture, and an empowerment culture where uh, people can really thrive and grow because the leader has turned things green, and has allowed them. So, how do we inv- how do you invest in people with an empowerment culture?
1: That's good. Good question. Um, I think. Those of you who follow uh, what we do, we're always trying to create simple visuals. So if you imagine a classic four quadrant uh, sort of diagram, we're saying that the liberator is one who has learnt to calibrate high support and high challenge for the lives of those they lead. Now, one of the things that most leaders do when they, they start leadership for the first time is they assume that everyone's like them. So they think, well, what would I like done for me? What would high support and high challenge look like for me? and therefore that's what I'll do for all the people I lead. And that's usually when they get deeply depressed because you usually get it wrong about 90% of the time. So one of the most important things about that kind of investing in your team, you actually have to understand how you invest because you actually need a different investment strategy for each of the people that you lead because they're all wired differently. And, you know, if you remember back to things like Five Voices, even if you just think of what does an investment look like in a nurturer, in a creative, in a guardian, in a connector, in a pioneer, what does high support and high challenge look like? That, I would say, is the first, first lens to look at. And if you're not sure, one of the best things you can ever do is just sit down with your members of your team and say, I'm looking to create a culture that empowers you to be the best you can be I want to create an opportunity for you to be the very best for your future. Help me understand how would you like me to bring high challenge and high support? Well, at least they'll give you what high support looks like. Most people don't volunteer high challenge in quite the same way. But you do need to understand how each of your people's wired, how they're motivated and how you can get the best out of them. So that would be my my first thing, Jeremy.
0: Makes sense? Yeah, totally. And, and I think the concept of just, if you think of empowerment um, and how important it is to, to, to have people who are thriving. So what, is, what does mm. it look like for when you have employees that are thriving? So again, this whole concept of, of assets versus liabilities and empowerment, It's partly it's mindset. So um, it's the mindset of the leader. So five ideas for investing in your team is actually having the right mindset to your people. So when they come, when you come to them, uh, do they feel like um, that you're for them? Do they feel like you're against them, or do they feel like you're for yourself? So if you're, if they feel like you're for yourself, or uh, if they feel like you're against them, they're going to be disempowered. So think about most cultures; most cultures are are disempowered. I know all the ones that we, we usually meet with or, or run into. Uh, there's a disempowerment culture, and it was interesting. Um, you know, I was reminded this last week. Uh, through one conversation people don't leave organizations they leave people and for the most part i I agree with that and there's a few instances where it's not the case but to go most people leave people so they they leave because they feel disempowered so one way to invest in them is to empower Uh, the second way though is let's talk about power and uh, let's talk about the concept of authority and responsibility and that this is one way that you can make sure to invest. So empowerment of the culture is kind of generic, and it's based on how you calibrate sport and challenge. Authority and responsibility is much more specific. So talk on that, Steve.
1: Yeah, if you, if you imagine a, a seesaw or in America a teeter-totter, there we go, I've learned my American vocabulary. Where you get that phrase from, I have no idea. <laughs> but the idea is this, if you think of the members of your team, what responsibility are you asking them to carry? And the crucially, is the authority you've given them commensurate and appropriate to the responsibility that you've given them? And holding that in balance is always a challenge because obviously the more mature, the more experienced it is, get, the greater the calibration you can give them of responsibility and authority. But you always know when you've got it wrong. So if someone's got far more responsibility than they have authority, They're always having to come to you, they're always having to use your name to get anything done. They're often deeply frustrated because even though they feel you've given them all these things that they've got to get done, you've not actually given them the authority to actually make the decisions, to actually allocate resource and to actually lead appropriately. So that's the most common way that we observe. A lot of leaders, we like delegating responsibility but we're not always quite so good at delegating the appropriate authority because we quite like sometimes keeping that power, that decision-making. And that really is an art form. I would say that that's one of those ones of that's a really strategic investment. The moment your leader feels that you're going to trust them to make real decisions and that you're actually giving them an empowerment to actually, you know, to to lead in an area where they're responsible – that's where people grow up fast but it's not always easy to do um for a control freak like us it's often quite difficult
0: and you know what's interesting is i think it's also directly tied to accidental leadership versus intentional so Mm. it's not natural to uh, help calibrate uh really authority and responsibility because it's because of tasks because the whirlwind of just your day uh, because of client issues or personal issues or whatever so to be intentional with authority and responsibility is empowerment you're truly empowering people specifically going to going how much authority do they have based on the responsibility they have and do they do i need to fight for them or share with someone that they have my blessing or do i need to let them know it's totally okay you can move forward yeah those are the those are the things that drive people nuts But it's such a subtle thing that um, if you're accidental as a leader, you may be unaware that you're minimizing your influence.
1: I think as well, if you you would call yourself an entrepreneur, this I would say is one of the biggest barriers to building the thing that you most want to see. Because entrepreneurs are used to having almost all the authority and all the responsibility in the beginning, because it really falls on their shoulders. As things grow in the startup phase, You'll find that you're able to bring on resources, you've got people, you're very good at delegation, you're very good at giving people things to do, but one of the things we see again and again is where the the kind of the entrepreneur appears to give authority until there's a moment when they go, hang on, that's not the way I would do it. Mm-hmm. And what they do then is they basically pull back all of the authority, undermine the decision that's been made, and effectively in their desire to help, effectively disempower leaders in their teams. And I would say that we have a tool in the toolkit called Pass the Baton, where it's kind of go, who needs to lead at which stage of the growth of an organization? If you're the entrepreneur or the founder, you never give up the leadership of culture but it doesn't mean that you're the best at leading day-to-day through establishment. And I'd say that's probably one of the few tools, Jeremy, that you and I probably have got right together Mm -hmm. before we made too many mistakes. That's probably one of 37, so we won't get too (laughs) proud. But I think we realize that for you and I, um, people will tolerate the entrepreneurial chaos in the beginning because it's exciting. But if you don't give real authority for someone who's really skilled at leading, you talk a little bit about how Mike you think has done that with Artie yeah. because he deserves a bit of kudos. Yeah,
0: yeah. So we, Mike Opital is uh, our COO and really managing partner. He runs the day to day, which is so great because it allows Steve and I to play at our sweet spot and our best. When when we're we're growing a global organization, you know we're we've got across the the pond. We're, we're from Europe and in the US. We've dabbled a little bit in Korea, but but we're growing in other markets. I know we're in South America. So when what what that takes place is we've got uh, we need to have someone who's really leading the team so so mike has really been able to take the authority and responsibility we have to almost push him sometimes in certain areas but we're reminding him of the authority we did that this morning actually talking about one area of growth just letting him know we're completely for you mike we trust you we believe in you and so give us your best Mm -hmm. your best Mm thoughts. so he's got freedom for the most part, that he's going to run into certain areas or certain maybe uh, special projects that we have that we will have ownership or feel like we want to make. But I, I feel like we've done a good job on that. But what's beautiful about it is Mike has then taken the authority and responsibility that we've given him and we've created this business matrix where he's now passing on that authority and responsibility to other people. So we're actually multiplying authority and responsibility, um, I think, fairly well as we move into the establishment phase.
1: So last week, we basically had an all-hands to put together this huge RFP uh, that had to be in at Friday. And Mike took on the captaincy of that role. And the thing that I'll say to you is, I mean, obviously, we're five hours behind you, um, six hours behind you, actually, over here. At five o'clock our time on Friday, Mike had assembled basically the whole HQ team. There were seven of us that worked for six hours up against this deadline. And every single person on that call was thrilled to be there. I'm not sure they'd have been thrilled to be there if you and I had been leading that project. And it was an example of where good leadership, everyone worked round the clock, they pulled all-nighters, but you know at the end we were able to celebrate on a collaborative process where all of the team felt like they'd been invested in because they'd been given real authority with the responsibility and watching them grow up. And I think that's one of, the, that's one of those great goals, I would say for those of you who function in leaders, what does it mean to see the people you lead actually be able to really take responsibility and authority? And celebrating that, I would say, is, is one of the things certainly we love doing more than anything else. It means, that, it means that we don't have to do it all, but it also means we've been intentional in that multiplication of skills, and authority and responsibility is a great barrier. So ask your people. If you, if you want to know how you're doing on it, ask them and say, if you were to think of the balance between responsibility and authority, how would you say that feels for you right now how much responsibility are you carrying and do you have enough authority to make that decision and own those responsibilities so that's a good second uh, strategy for investing in your team what about number three Jez?
0: yeah number three this one is um really vision and the power of vision uh when you think of um vision as an investment tool uh there's a, the, the old um parable uh, or proverb People, uh, w- without vision, people perish. And I think it's really true. Um, if people don't know where they're going, then it's just so hard to get up and do the job every day. And it's so funny how you have, we, we run across some uh, funny personality types that will say, you know, I, why do I need to tell my wife I love her? She knows. I told her when we got married. You know, she knows. <laughs> and they're like, uh, you know, you need to tell people sometimes. And I think certain types are afraid of sharing vision, whether they know it themselves or maybe they Mm -hmm. just like think and assume, well, everyone gets it and they move forward. My thought, my reality is actually, I think every 45, 60 days, there needs to be a refresher. Hey, guys, Mm -hmm. just remember why we're doing this. You know, we've got this opportunity and it's got to be real. It can't be fake uh, and, and people have to believe it. So you know, for us, it's, we're raising up liberators, liberating leaders uh, that change their own leadership cultures in every sector and every city in the world. So it's a reminder of our vision. That's what we're about. That's what we want. So I think vision is, an, is something that we can do as an investment. And when you do what you've, what you've done to the person is you give them uh, a belief and a reason to work hard. You've reminded them there's a bigger picture here. There's a bigger opportunity here at stake. Without that, um, then you're actually disempowering people.
1: No, so true. I think um, having a purpose, it's really interesting for the, all the research on the millennial generation that's coming through, how, whereas maybe the previous generation were looking for status and kind of some of that kind of career progression. If you're leading the new generation, 75% of the workforce, by the way, by 2025 will be millennials. What they're looking is how do i work for something that i believe truly in the mission vision purpose of what they're doing and are they developing me so you know that's going to be a huge issue for any of us in leadership of going how do we lead the next generation what does investment look like for them most of them they say want a coach they don't want a boss they want someone who's actually really prepared to take on the responsibility for developing their skill sets and uh the interesting research shows that people sometimes think the millennials are the, the least committed generation, but they've actually shown that where they believe truly in the integrity of the leaders and the purpose and the vision and the mission of the company, they're actually the most loyal generation of employees there's ever been because they don't leave something that they believe in, but they do leave leaders and they do leave cultures which don't empower them and don't really understand them. But that's maybe for another day. But I love, I love that, it's a really powerful vision as a means of investment and doing it regularly, I think, you know, I I thought that's really powerful what you said about kind of every few months, you almost have to go back around and say, hey, why are we doing this again?
0: Well, and it goes right back to what you said about um, what millennials need. You want a coach, not a boss. That is the fourth way to invest, which is really time. Mm -hmm. So if if vision is one way to invest, time is the next. So uh, people need time. And what I, what I found in my own weakness in, in past leadership is I kind of used my employees as like, hey, yeah, 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 you know what we're doing. Just go. Don't bother me. I need to be with a client. Mm-hmm. So I was so client focused that uh, my team kind of felt like I never had enough time for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, the truth is I had time, but I wasn't showing it. Uh, so to make time basically means I'm making space. I'm making space to answer questions. I'm making space to connect. I'm making space that's relational and also transactional. And um, so I think that is such an important part. Of, to uh, To undermine time with people uh, is really silly if you think about it. Because if your employees truly are assets, then I want to invest in their growth. And mm-hmm. the only way I can invest in them truly is is the time that I put into it.
1: Yeah. And tied to that, I'd say it's probably the, the last one is the power of encouragement. Um, Actually, I think most leaders underestimate the power of their voice when it comes to encouraging people. Um, I often say, or we've often said that basically, if you think of each relationship of the people you lead, almost like its own bank account, every time you offer encouragement, or every time you offer investment of time, or a vision, or calibration of that support and challenge, it's almost like you're putting a deposit into that relational bank account. Because every time we're going to bring challenge, we're automatically making a withdrawal. And so for those, some people I know, who really struggle to celebrate, or they struggle to do encouragement, because they go, well hang on, if people think, if people, if I tell them they're doing well, then they won't work as hard. Or if I celebrate at this point, well, you know, maybe they'll all let up. Whereas actually what you've got to realize is that encouragement is so important for people and that you as the leader, your encouragement carries a disproportionate value. Because there will be times when you have to bring challenge. You can't be a liberator without bringing challenge. And none of us are particularly, you know, we don't, we don't love challenge, even when we know the person is for us. There's a part of us which knows, okay, I made a little withdrawal. So that's, a, that's another way of thinking of your relationships and that investment. Actually think of each person you lead Ask yourself the question, where is your bank balance with each of those relationships right now? (laughs) You know, do you need to make an investment or are you bumping along the bottom? And so therefore, whenever you bring challenge, it's almost like you're making a withdrawal into an overdraft facility, which never tends to work as well as you think it is. Don't know whether you have any thoughts on that, Jeremy.
0: Yeah, no, totally. So, uh, you know, to think about investment in general then. To go, if you to summarize that, to go, if you view your people as an asset, they're mm-hmm. not a liability. They don't have to be a liability. Now they may have become a liability because of the culture that you created, but if if you actually if they become an asset, then they're worth something. They're worth something to the team. They're worth something to to the uh, customer. So for you then to invest in them means you're investing in an asset that has value and that will, will will have a return on the investment. The return on the investment of investing in your people could be your culture. It could be the growth of your business. It, could, it will be uh, just the, the peace of, of mind that you have. It could be the multiplication of your leadership. So to go, what does it look like to be an empowering leader, a liberator, and create an empowering culture? What does it look like then to um, have proper authority and responsibility and to do that well? What does it look like to bring vision commensurate to the task? What does it it look like to have time for your people? And then to ultimately encourage them, whether it be through uh, celebration, whether it be through personal affirmation, it's simply going, these are skill sets that are almost like common sense and basic, and yet they get ignored over and over and over again. And that's why we have so many pitiful cultures in the general marketplace or organizational workforce around the world.
1: Yeah, that's so good, Jeremy. And I, th- I think my final, my final thought today would be is investment is always important, but it's never urgent until it's too late. So if you're going to be a good investor, you have to invest for the longer term. And I think so many leaders spend their day firefighting, trying to deal probably at best with what's high important and high urgent. They never actually have a clearly defined intentional strategy for the, what is highly important, but is always low urgent. So that would be the challenge, I think, as you hear this, to ask, what would your plan look like? If you're not intentional, this won't happen by accident. But if you become intentional, the return on that investment is actually huge, not just in the return from your people, but just the enjoyment you'll get and the fulfilment you'll get as a leader, leading people, developing people, enabling them to be the best they can be.
0: Well, as always, our, our hope is to just liberate and serve and help uh, leaders around the world. And so for the many of you who are listening, we're so grateful. To be, to be a liberator means to calibrate, right? To the, the high support and high challenge, to be consistent as a leader, to fight for the highest possible good of those you lead. Hopefully you've taken some of these tips and we can use them. If you need more information, it's giantworldwide.com. And as always, we would be glad to help and serve in any way we can to help any of you liberate those that you lead. Last thought, Steve?
1: No, you have my last thought, Jeremy. That's been great. I've, I've really enjoyed today, so thank you for leading us on that.
0: You got it. All right. Well, until next time, liberate on. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening. That concludes today's episode of The Liberator Podcast from Giant Worldwide. You can find out more information about us online at giantworldwide.com.